Well, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Welcome to today's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. Every one of our listeners in these good old United States of America, welcome once again. And to all of our listeners in every other country in the world, I'm still honored to have you with us. Welcome you, everyone, to Marriage and Family Clinic. In Southern Virginia, we're coming to you on WGPL 1350, WPCE 1400. Those are on your AM dial. On your FM dial, you can find us at WBXB 100.1. You can also listen to the live stream at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. All one word, christianbroadcastingcompany.com. And if you would like to hear this or any other broadcast in the Marriage and Family Clinic series, you can find the podcast simply by searching Bishop C.D. Hodges on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If you got that little purple icon or that little purple podcast player on your smart device, click on it. I think that's iTunes, and you can search Bishop C.D. Hodges. You'll find Marriage and Family Clinic right there. Marriage and Family Clinic is here to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your marriage and family relationships I want you to know about those dynamics, and we're here to help you identify what makes you tick, and ultimately, we really do want to help you repair, grow, and perfect your marriage and your family relationships. Now, last week, I had a couple of special guests, uh, and I got to tell you, we got going. We got involved in the program last week, and I realized about halfway through our time that we were going to need possibly two and possibly even three uh, more weeks to get uh, pretty much done with what we were going through. And so I want to welcome back, I want to welcome back to our program today, uh, Elder Eric Holt and Deacon Corey Dixon. I want to welcome them back. We had such a good time on yes on last week. Uh, come on and say hello, brothers. Hello, everybody. How you doing? All right. Hey, once again, everybody. Good, good. And uh, last week we talked about how long they had been married. Uh, Brother Holt's been married 20 years this time. He even talked to us about a previous marriage that he was in, and, and that was pretty enlightening, pretty inspiring also. Brother Dixon's been married 13 years. Uh, we talked about when they knew they wanted to be married, how they knew uh, they were going to marry the women that they did. Uh, we talked about uh, the examples, the models that we had to learn our roles as men and husbands when we were growing up. And, and all in all, we just had a really good discussion. Uh, we opened up some things on last week, and we want to pick up uh, where we left off on last week and keep on going. And we'll see where we get today. We'll see if we need another week or two. And uh, we'll just see what happens. But uh, I believe we were benefited, and we just hope that you were benefited also. So with that said, we're going to go ahead back into our discussion uh, with Brother Holden and Brother Dixon, talking about marriage and family. And brother, and last week we left off talking about the models that we had growing up. And for so many young men, uh, and you know, culture plays so much. Culture plays so much. And, uh, and the models that we see, it forms a, a, a kind of psychological and social construct in our minds. And that's where we learn our behaviors. And, and, uh, and we get that from those who model those roles for us. And uh, Brother Holt was telling us how he saw some modeled by his father, and Brother Dixon told us about how he saw, saw some modeled even by his pastor. And, and I told you a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago I was talking, 
and and I, I encourage you who are listening to us not to base your marriage on what you see from others. Do not base your marriage on what you see from others because, and uh, uh, Brother Dixon echoed this on our last week program, uh, because you don't know what's going on behind those closed doors. You don't know what's going on when they get home behind closed doors together. When it's just the two of them in the bedrooms, you have no clue about their marriage dynamics. You don't have a single clue whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. So don't base your marriage on others. Don't look at other people's marriage and say, I want mine to be just like that. But you get to know yourself. And it's okay. It's a must. Not only is it okay, but it's a must that you would have a mentoring couple. You should have a minimum of one older married couple in your life whom you can go to for some guidance, for some advice, uh, uh, for a sounding board who can help you see yourself in the marriage situation. Uh, having at least one older couple, at least one, is an absolute must. But be careful, don't say, I want my marriage to be just like theirs. You want your marriage to be what God wants it to be. You want your marriage to be, oh, I feel a little bit of inspiration right here. You want your marriage to be what it has the potential to be when both of you are being who God created you to be. Mm -hmm. Ooh. My God, I almost asked for amen. <laughs> but let me say that again. You want your marriage to be what comes out of the two of you coming together when God makes you who he wants you to be or when you accept and work on perfecting who God wants you to be. All right? So again, let, let's get back in here. Let's get back in here and we'll continue to talk about those marriages. Uh, uh, Brother Holt, I, I want to jump back to what you said. Uh, you shared a pretty personal point with us uh, and you really opened up something there. And I want to hit on that just a little bit. You told us that your father uh, went and established another family and, and you were wondering, you, were, you had to figure out uh, the love dynamic there. And, and I want to put this as bad. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth or anything, but uh, I can only imagine uh, any child, the younger they are, the more impactful this is going to be. But you have to figure out the love dynamic there and how this thing is going to work. Uh, delve into that just a little bit more for us. Well, I, uh, as I shared last week, um, my father had his family and my mother was left with my sister and I. And uh, from a distance, I would always question like, man, does he really, you know, care about, you know, me? Mm. And uh, mm. over time, that answer became more apparent, yes. But as a kid, mm -hmm. you, you don't really understand that until you start getting older and maturing. Yeah. And it really, didn't, it really didn't come into fruition until I met my step-siblings mm. and my stepmother for mm. the first time. And I didn't meet them until I was about 12. Mm. So up in, before age 12, I would be in curious, I would wonder, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always spoke with my, with my dad on the phone over the years. Whenever he would come, come and visit, I would spend time with him. Um, we communicated regularly. It's mm-hmm. just his presence mm-hmm. wasn't there. So I felt in my mind that his stepchildren, and then he had a sister. I had a sister uh, with, with between he and he and his wife. Mm-hmm. I felt they were getting what I should have been getting, mm. and uh, we we came to an understanding. Uh, of that as I got much older I understood and then when I became a man myself and start having children of my own and when I got married I now understood Mm -hmm. maybe what he may have been going through potentially having being married to a woman who had children herself Mm -hmm. and still trying to take care of his son who he couldn't see every day Mm -hmm. and now I am a father Mm. and I'm taking care of my own family like okay but the dynamic between his situation and mine was, I don't have stepchildren. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't have children outside of the relationship mm-hmm. with my wife and I. So mm-hmm. I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't have to experience that. Right. Uh, but what I did experience was his wife and my mother yeah. having issues with each other as far as my dad wanting to take care of me. Ah. That what I, that's what I had to listen to growing up. Mm-hmm. And didn't understand it until I became a man and watched others, uh, as we call it sometimes, you hear people having baby mama drama mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm-hmm. I now understand it now as a man, but I would say to any man who is in that situation, you, you be the man who God called you to be to take care of your children. Mm-hmm. And if any woman mm-hmm. tries to separate you from your children, Mm. That's, that's a conversation you're going to have to yeah. have and you're going to have to deal with that because that's your child mm. never put a person in a position where mm. they have to make a decision to satisfy you and neglect their child Wow! and wow. I'll, I'll move on from there wow that is awesome and I, th- I think it is a mistake for anybody to look at a situation similar to what you're describing and then trying to explain some easy answer to deal with it. Because you've got a whole lot of hearts. Yes. Hearts are at stake here. Hearts are involved here. And children have a way of blaming themselves for adult issues. Children have a way of taking ownership of adult failures. It must have been something to do with me. It must have been. You know, so, so to, and I'm listening to you, Brother Holt, and I'm thinking about this, man, and, and all the time I'm listening to you, it's just going on in my head. But what about this angle? But what about that angle? But what about that angle? But what about that angle? Who, how do you prioritize? How do you say when? How do you know enough is enough? But I know one thing. I know one thing, and that is a child needs their parents' presence. They need their P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E way more than they need their P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. child needs you to be there mom dad that child needs you to be there 
I remember a long time ago when I was over here, I'd listened to Dr. Laura Schlesinger on the radio. I don't know if she still comes on, but uh, the Dr. Laura show. And uh, at one point, there was a man who was saying that he had an opportunity for a better job, but it would require him moving across the country or several states away from his children, whatever. And I remember Dr. Laura advising him, you do what you do to stay in your child's life. And moms and dads out there, if you're dealing with something similar to this, there's no easy fix. There's just no easy fix. But I want to encourage you to do your, your utmost. Do your level best to include sacrifice in order to remain in your child's life. Because I'm going to tell you this. Sometimes adults fail. We just fail as adults. But every single one, God, I don't mean to get on my soapbox here, but every single one of us have to remember these children didn't ask to come in here. These children did not ask to be here. And so moms and dads, we owe it to our children to make sure we're doing everything possible to help them reach their potential, to help them to become the Christ-honoring productive citizens that God made them to be. Man, I feel something rising up. I got to leave that alone. You open that up, Brother Hope. We might get back to that at a later date also. Let me get over here to Brother Dixon, man, because I'm about to feel that. I'm just about to feel that. And that's what Marriage and Family Clinic is all about, too. We want to feel these things because these things are real, man. These things are real. We got all kind of grown men and women walking around here mad at their mamas and daddies for all kinds of reasons. So we, we've, we've got to deal with that, all right? But let me move on here. I want to shift just a little bit, uh, lighten it up just a little bit maybe. I don't want y'all to get too somber on me here. <laughs> Brother Dixon, let me come over here to you. Uh, uh, so you've been married 13 years now. Uh, I want you to think real briefly, and Brother Hold, you can think about this while I'm talking to Brother Dixon. I want you to tell me, tell me one or two things that you've, one or two really important things that you've learned about marriage since you've been married. One, one or two important things that you've learned about marriage since you've been married. I'm learning to listen. Huh. <laughs> uh, I, I'm... When I say I'm learning, I, I get this wrong every day because <laughs> my wife starts to speak and I assume I already have the answer. So I uh. reply and she says, you didn't let me finish. And then sometimes that leads to her shutting down. Mm -hmm. uh, and before she even starts, Ooh. I'm already calculating how can I answer the question as soon as possible? Ooh. How can I fix the situation and get on to the next uh, point? But she, sometimes it's a lot deeper that she just wants to talk and... For me, I want to get the, the answer out as soon as possible. Uh, another one is uh, disciplining our, our, our son. Uh. Uh, she was disciplined a certain way, and I was disciplined a certain way. And I'm finding out that sometimes just coming, sitting down and saying, okay, I'm not going to always get this right, but I also need help in this matter as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And one thing that does not help is when you say, if you don't like what I'm doing, you do it yourself. 
that will you will <laughs> never get anywhere in a relationship <laughs> like that, and it will always always lead to uh, people being misunderstood and people's feelings being hurt. Yeah. And then sometimes you have to start back over and uncover what you said and how you said it. Yeah. Uh, that made that impact. Now, now, folks, let me tell you something. We're going to have to go to a third episode because he just opened up something else. <laughs> We're going to have to do episode number three. But, but you said something really, really important. You finishing her statements causes her to shut down. Wow. And that's something we got to be careful about communicating in marriage. You know, it's, it's uh, when our spouses don't feel valued because of the way we communicate with them. We don't validate their feelings. We don't validate their expressions. We don't validate their thoughts. We don't validate their needs simply by listening. And you know, and, and I'm gonna have to come up with a marriage communication class. I'm gonna have to do one of those real quick because I know, I know we're not the only ones who deal with this. I know you're not the only one who deal with it. Because when you describe a problem to a man, the man is thinking, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it so we can move on down the road. But a woman is saying, no, I just wanted to share it. <laughs> you know, we're going to get to that later, but that, that's good, man. So you've learned about listening and even about discipline. And I got discipline down here on my list of things to talk about, too. We might get that in episode number three. <laughs> but we're going to get to that. That's good, though. That's good. So, so Brother Ho, tell me. One or two things you've learned in um, marriage. <clears throat> I share the, the listening part, but mo mostly for me, uh, the communication. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm quiet by now. I don't talk much mm -hmm. by nature. And that's been beneficial at times, but mostly counterproductive with my wife because I don't talk much. Mm. And when I don't talk, she feels like, uh, at times and I'm not I don't communicate very well mm -hmm. I don't express what I'm thinking very mm -hmm. very well I don't listen very well because mm -hmm. I don't talk so I've had to learn to better myself in communicating mm -hmm. just talking because uh, one of the things I learned that a woman like to know that she is heard yeah, yeah. or at least I'm, I can hear her but am I listening to what mm -hmm. she's saying mm -hmm. and in doing so well, or, or by not doing so, I'm, I'm, I'm missing an opportunity to fulfill a need that she has mm -hmm. by not talking, by mm -hmm. not really listening. So mm -hmm. uh, one thing I've learned is to try to become a better communicator mm -hmm. uh, in that regard. Good, good. That's awesome. That's awesome. So something that stuck out to me, this one over here talked too much. This one over here doesn't talk enough. <laughs> <laughs> but n neither of those responses provide the wives the validation they need. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, that's awesome. Are, are you getting that? Did you catch that? You talk too much or whether you don't talk enough. Neither of those responses meets the need of the wife. And it's going to be the same when we interview the wives and talk about husbands. We're going to have the same dynamic at work. How it doesn't meet the need. And so it seems like we're revolving around communication here. 
And and, uh, and seems like every time you talk about marriage and you ask what's required for a successful marriage, seems like 99% of the group present is going to say communication. Good communication. And, uh, and it's true. Because, you know, we always reminded of that line in the movie. Uh, uh, was it Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan movie? What, what's the name of that series there? Rush Hour. Rush Hour, the Rush Hour series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Rush Hour series. And Chris Tucker said, do you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? You know, my, my M-O-U-F. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because you can hear the sounds. But if you don't understand the language, if you don't, if we're not speaking the same language, if I'm saying blue and you're hearing green, then we're not going to achieve our goals. We're not going to, we're not going to meet each other's needs, you know. And and that's why, you know, I remember uh, a lot of years ago, my wife and I, we would always go away on our anniversary, and a part of our anniversary ritual was to sit together and just take inventory of our marriage to that point and see where we've come from and where we are and hopefully try to determine where it is we're trying to go. Uh, That was very beneficial because it was one means of helping us learn to speak the same language. And would you believe in nearly 38 years and we're still learning to speak the same language? We're still learning to speak the same language. And so, brethren, I want to encourage you, if you're still learning, keep on learning. You're in a good crowd. Because when you stop learning, you become obsolete. It's okay to continue to learn. Just make good out of what you do learn. (laughs) That's not okay. All right. That's not okay. All right. Are y'all with me here? So th- this is good. I hope I hope this is benefiting you all. If you, if it is, you know, as always, email me at cdhodges at hotmail.com. Let me know if we're meeting a need. Let me know if we're wasting your time. Uh, and uh, definitely, if you want to hear this again, search the podcast, Bishop C.D. Hodges. Search iTunes, Spotify, or iHeartRadio, and uh, you'll find us there. You'll find us there. And so along with uh, important things that you've learned, here's a good one for you. Has there been any big surprises in marriage? Has there been any big surprises in marriage? A shocker. Well, uh, I don't know about big surprises, but Uh what I have discovered, sir, is when I start to communicate better, Uh she opens up more to me. Ah. Uh-huh. She's more talkative. Yeah. She you know, she I won't say she loved me more, but mm-hmm. it's more evident. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Having met uh-huh. a specific need uh-huh. that she might have that I may have been missing a need. Yeah. And when I start meeting it, she, you, you know, you you she reveals more of herself to uh-huh. me. Ah, okay. Ah. I, I see what I've been missing wow. now. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. That awesome. sort of thing. I don't know if that was... Yeah, that, that's yeah. good, man. That's good. That's real good. And, bro, and Brother Dixon, I see you shaking your head and in, uh, in agreeing here. You, 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 you're validating that. What, what are you thinking? I know my wife tries her hardest to meet my needs. Yeah. Oftentimes, I take that for granted and not 
and not, and not view it as okay, she just met my need. How can I meet her need? Uh-huh. Uh Like this morning, she she gave us breakfast in bed. I'm like, well, I don't want breakfast, <laughs> but she in her mind that's saying, before I leave this house, I want to take care of you. Now on the flip mm. side of that, I wow. should be asking myself, how can I meet my wife's need when she returns home? What can I do? And if that's holding her hand for 10 to 11 minutes, and that's just sitting there and hugging her, I find out that me walking up behind her and hugging her is a shock sometimes because she's oh, I didn't expect that. And she's like, you do have love in you. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's Oh, you do love. get it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. And, and uh, man... And that's love. That's the point of love, man. It's reciprocating. Reciprocating. Hey, you know, that goes right back to one of my guiding principles of marriage. You get your needs met when you meet your spouse's needs. Mm-hmm. You get your needs met when you meet your spouse's needs. That's right. so, so that's awesome. That's awesome. And, and here's the deal in love, man. One of us is going to have to be the one to take the risk and step out there and decide, I'm going to meet your needs no matter what. That's what love is all about. That's what love is all about. Love cannot afford, it's not love when you're waiting for it to come back to you. That, that's not love. But love says, I'm jumping out here and I'm doing this anyhow. I'm, care, I'm going to do this no matter what. And, and I think I told a brother and a sister once, you know, or, or as I said over the last couple of weeks in our episodes, you may, some of you listening may recall, uh, if your faith isn't any good at home, what good is it? Mm. What good is it? Mm. And we have to grow to a place where we are becoming Jesus to our wives and Jesus for our wives. Jesus to our wives is all about the way that we interact with them. How do we tend to them? How do we tend to their needs? And how do we care for them? And how do we treat them? But Jesus for our wives is all about what we're willing to lay down to allow them to flourish. What what we're willing to sacrifice in order to allow them to be all that God wants them to be. Because that's how Jesus loved the church. And in a fashion, in a fashion, we are being their savior, not comparing us to Jesus. Please don't jump out there, anybody. Not comparing us to Jesus. But in a way, that's the way that we're going to help them get through some things, come out of some things, get out of some traps that the enemy has set, come out of some stupors and deal with some difficulties in life. You know, am I making sense, Brother Hope? Yes, you are. Yes, sir. Yeah whole lot of sense and uh, I like what you said about uh, being Jesus for our wives and being Jesus to our wives I never looked at it from from that vantage point mm-hmm. of uh, allowing ourselves to lay down some things mm-hmm. so that she can flourish in her own uh, specific uh, venue yeah and then also uh, meeting her needs and things like that mm-hmm. and ex- exemplifying what we see it Jesus did for all of us you know, and using us to be that in that regard uh, to our wives. Yeah. Uh, again, I like not be not saying we are comparing ourselves to Jesus, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. It, it, but 
but but but showing that expression of love uh, that he demonstrated to our spouse. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, when it comes to setting an example and being a model, we have none better than Jesus. Absolutely. We have none better than Jesus, and 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 that's why Hebrew, uh, Hebrews, <clears throat> Ephesians five says to us, <clears throat> "Husband, love your wife as Christ loved the church." Husband, I don't know about you, brothers, but I got to be honest with you. I just don't think that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Yes, sir. Come on, be honest with me, brother. Am I by myself? No, it's a man, those are some big shoes to feel. To love your wife like Christ loved the church? My God, man. My God. Those are really big shoes to fill. This is great. But with this, sir, I, I thought about that this morning. Sometimes it seems unfair, but I'm blessed to know that God chose me uh -huh. to do that. He gives me that responsibility yes. to do that. I'm like, whoa, that's, yes. that's a lot of responsibility. But he chose me. And yeah. if he chose me, I'm capable of doing it with his help. Yeah. And that that is the perspective that we have to come from. God, you have honored me to be here and to do... You chose me for this role? Man, I'm blessed. And that helps us to love. And not coming from a place of, you're here to serve me, meet my needs. But I'm here to serve you and meet your needs. My goodness, brother, would you believe we're out of time already? We are already out of time. Listen, I want to thank Brothers Holt and uh, Brother Dixon for joining us again. Uh, brother, we're going to do part three? Because we're, we're just not getting where I need to get here. So we got to get ready for part three. And we're going to see you again. But thank you all so much for joining us. This is Marriage and Family Clinic. Remember, if you want to hear this again or any other segment, just search Bishop C.D. Hodges on Spotify, iTunes, or iHeartRadio. You can find us there. Search Bishop C.D. Hodges. And always remember, always remember, you cannot have peace until you surrender your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We're out.